I'll go get it. Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Digging Deep. I'm Roberta Walker. And I'm Michael Glassman. We're two landscape designers that have been in the field for well over 25 years. And through our podcasting deep, we're going to bring to you our knowledge and our challenges. And our foibles, that means our mistakes. And anything that we can do, lots of stories though, lots and lots and lots of stories. And anything we can do to enhance and make your backyard, your outdoor environment, a wonderful oasis. That's our goal. I was just talking to Michael about how crazy the weather has been. We are in Northern California In one week, we went as high as 116 degrees, and literally four days later, it dropped almost 30 degrees, and it's just so crazy, and you know, whether you believe in climate change or not, the fact is, we have very erratic weather patterns, and um, last year, at this time, many places experienced huge storms and flooding. We did, too, even though that was almost all the rain that we got. However, we want to talk about today the things that you could do to get ready for the big one. For the big one. What do you do in your yard um, to prepare? What do you think about? And it's not only just for the big one. It's, it's at this time of the year, what should be think, what you should be thinking about for your yard. Right. You know, when it was so hot, you don't even want to go out and you can't do much. But now that it's starting to cool down, assess, you know, look up into the trees, see if there's dead branches, see if there's, the potential with high winds or storm of anything landing on your roof. I'd say that would be number one, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. And um, especially um, if you see uh, broken branches or branches that are hanging down, those are the first ones in a big windstorm that are going to go through a window, through a car hit. I had a neighbor that that recently, um, unfortunately, big branch and they didn't catch it in time and it fell over and crashed on their car and broke their, their front window and put a major dent in their hood. Yeah. And do you know that that is not covered by insurance? That's like a natural thing that, yeah, doesn't. A yeah. natural disaster. Yeah. Yes. In fact, a real quick, you know, talk, talk about stories. But here's a here's a perfect example. Many, many, many years ago, I went and did a consultation and, and I went to this backyard in a very exclusive area. And the thing that was interesting was they had a big, gigantic, fruitless mulberry, mm-hmm. a Morris Alba. And it was probably 40 feet tall with an equal spread. And underneath all the way around, they had wonderful shade plants and everything. But, but the first thing I did when I went out there and I noticed was the crotch angle that means where the branches kind of come together on the trunk was really, really tight. And you could see it was already getting ready to split. And so what I basically told the client, I said to her, you need to get an arborist here. And to be real honest with you, you're going to have to take the tree out. And she was totally incensed, totally incensed. And I showed her exactly where the, where the break was going to be. And if, if it did happen, um, it would be catastrophic. And she basically kind of asked me to leave. You know, I collected my fee. She was so upset with me. She didn't even let me go through the house. She led me through the back, the side of the house and told me to leave. <laughs> like and the bar. <laughs> yeah, it was like, you're, you know, get out of here. And that was fine. And about two years later, I got a call. Same woman, except she pretended like, she had never, uh, we had never come out there. She didn't know who I was, set up this consultation. <clears throat> now, 
I show up at the job site and sure enough, the tree is gone. And she basically starts to tell me we had this fruitless mulberry. Now, again, I knew this. She mm-hmm. knew that I knew this. I knew that she knew I knew oh, this, but we pretended like we didn't know anything. And she said, uh, there was a fruitless mulberry here. It was gigantic. It split in the middle of a storm. It the, One of the bit major branches went over and hit my neighbor's roof and just about killed her daughter because it went through her bedroom, crashed right through the bedroom. And luckily she was, she was out of the way when this tree branch, it also fell on their house, major insurance problem. And then every plant or underneath it was dead because now it was full sun and everything. And and of course, to make a long story short, or short story long, um, um, we wound up redesigning the yard and everything. And I never, I wanted so badly to say, gee, I told you so. I warned you. I showed I see, you the I evidence. I would have done that. I am very direct. So you were being very gentleman-like about not doing that. But I would say, yeah, I remember. And remember, I counseled you to do this. <laughs> right. Well, I didn't. And and it turned out it turned out fine. And we redesigned the yard. But as I said, I was there seeing the evidence of that early on and could have avoided it. And it's one thing if you just say something. But it's another thing when you actually point out to the client or to your friend or whoever it is, where the break is, you can show them the weakness, and you you basically say you, you don't want you don't want to let this go because it can kill someone. Yeah, well, the smart thing that you did was to say that she should call an arborist because the arborists I work with, when you first call an arborist to come out and assess your trees, they don't. Most of them are not charging. What they'll do is they'll give you a price. You know, they'll tell you first of all if the tree is indeed dying or gonna go and a lot of times you can't tell from the outside you know with these oaks and whatnot and so um they'll they'll know and then you know they can handle it from there but to completely ignore that advice well you know unfortunately she suffered the 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 consequences yep so you're right that's the first thing you want to do is start looking for big trees that have branches that are either broken or hanging down um, uh, trees that are too close to the house that may cause, you know, break through a window, break through your roof, break through your gutters. Um, and then speaking of gutters, start to look at getting up. If Cleaning you your gutters. That's really yes. a fun job. I hate doing that, but I put the rubber gloves on and I climb up the ladder and I get the muck out of there and I have screens. doesn't matter. I've got screens in my gutters. doesn't matter. The debris, the wind, it blows stuff in and then it clogs the downspouts, which means it starts um, flowing like a sheer descent waterfall over the gutter. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And then um, also most houses, if not all houses, have a little access to the underground. You know, those little cutouts in the concrete, you know, usually. Right, right. You want to make sure no water gets in there. So what I do, and I have a house that was built in 1954. So before the the rains come, I staple gun um, plastic up the wall and then down over that like a tent. So no water can get in there because if water gets in there, it goes under the house and it'll sit there and it'll uh, mold can occur in your closets and under the floors. If you have wood floors, it's not a good idea. So these are important things to think about. So, yeah, checking your gutters, cleaning your gutters, look for big trees, branches that are are too close to the house, cut those that may come crashing down. Um, And then um, all of your, if you do have drainage installed, you want to pull the covers off of your area drains and open them up and clean them out. Again, one of the the biggest problems, and, and you see it all the time, is um, 
for the cities and the counties, they don't do that ahead of time. And what happens is we have these big storms, all the storm drains are all clogged up or they've got debris on top of them. And then what happens is the streets flood out and fill up with water. And it's not that there's no drainage, it's that the existing drainage is all clogged. And so what they have to do is they have to get in there with waders and try to clean out the debris in order for these storm drains to work. And um, that's why a lot of times, that's what we had in, in when we had that eight inches last year was a lot of the existing storm drains were just, you know, they had debris, they had uh, wood on top of it, they had old tree trunks, no one had cleaned them out. And so when the first rains came, there was no way for the water to percolate through into the manhole covers. You know, recently, um, a client, um, one of my designers that work with me, work for me, um, she had designed a yard five years ago, and this woman had read an article in the New York Times talking about how these big storms are going to be more prevalent, and and then lamenting that you know her her drainage, if she runs a hose, it's 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 not working well. And so I said, okay, it's been five years. Has she asked her if she has once put a high powered hose down those drains to clear them out? Because debris gets to them, and usually those drains, most times, 99%, they're perforated. They have little holes in them. Right, right. And debris gets them. Even if you have a sock on it, they do have, you know, socks that go over them. But um, after five years, roots, all kinds of things get in there. So now is the time. Be proactive and, and clean out your, your drains, your gutters, prune off your dead branches. These are things that are really important. And then... I'd say maybe another month our leaves are going to start coming down, wouldn't you say? October? Oh, yeah, I would, I'd say that. But a funny story when you were saying, you know, high-powered um, to clean out the drain lines, absolutely. In fact, sometimes it won't even be debris that when you put the high-powered thing, you'll actually find um, little, little varmints that have made their homes in moles, voles, and gophers oh, occasionally okay. will actually... <laughs> be in the drain line and so you've got this high-powered thing and you see them go flying in the air because they've oh. got their little nest in there oh no oh i hope that doesn't happen I, yeah i was going to say that you know if you put your high-powered hose down there wrap the end of the pipe with a towel or something because if it is clogged it's going to backwash into your face so yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> you want to make sure and and do it in a smart way I, um, I'm going to do that. I've been soaking the ground um, over just so I could dig into, you know, to find my drains because it has been a few years. And last year, last year was pretty torrential. And I also bought a sump pump because I just want to be ready because water damage to your home is just horrible. You know, you it's have horrible because and water wicks up if you have water underneath your house, it's, as Roberta said, it not only molds, but it also can go into the dry into your um, uh into the dry the boards of your house mm -hmm. and um, seep up and it's like a big wick it wicks up and and climbs we had a client who had a leaky pool and that's exactly what happened all the water chips just kept going underneath into the foundation of the house and they kept smelling this weird smell well it turned out all that moisture was absorbed through the wood paneling and all the drywall and they literally had to after they fixed the leak leak they had to move out because the whole bottom floor of their house had to be reconstructed because all of the drywall all of the under under studs were all, all rotted out and they were all soaked with water mm, yeah that's it's just awful um 
if you have, I don't know, if you if you bought a house, let's say it already had a pergola or it had um, an out a second story deck, if those wood posts were put in concrete, concrete holds moisture and it, you know it rots the wood out. So you know, always check the viability of of the posts holding up any structure that you might walk on because it could be dangerous. They should have metal. Um, what do you call them? They're like brackets, brackets, right. shoes, you know, that go on top of the concrete. That's the correct way to do it. Um, you know, I started to talk about the leaves and I have mentioned this before. I'm going to mention it again that um, for a nominal fee, which is I think they, they're around one hundred and sixty dollars. You could get a leaf chipper. And what it is, is basically a weed whacker in a barrel. And then I just read about a hack. Instead of buying those, um, you know, the, the plastic cord that you have to yeah. put in there, you could use zip ties, which are a little bit stronger. But anyway, um, if you have, we, uh, I'm in a neighborhood where we have, you know, 60, 70 year old trees. And when they come down, they come down. But instead of putting it in your green waste and getting rid of it, if you chip them and you chip it straight into a bag, these barrels have um, places for bags to go underneath and then use that as mulch for all of your beds and gardens. Again, billions of microorganisms are able to what looks like slumbering during the winter. Uh, -uh They're going to the soil and they're breaking it up and they're making it wonderful. So, you know, think twice before you get rid of all your leaves. It's you know, it, it'll take you a couple afternoons on the weekend doesn't take long, but um, it's a great way to recycle. And then, of course, you know, as we get later and later on in fall, when your your major deciduous plants lose their leaves, that would be your best time to do a lot of your aesthetic and decorative pruning. You know, mm -hmm. getting rid of crisscross branches, um, opening them up, making them look more beautiful. But right now, I would recommend the um, instead of starting to really heavily prune your trees until the, after they finish. Um, their fall color. One of the reasons, besides enjoying all the fall color, but at that point when the fall color occurs, that's when the tree or the shrub is storing starches that it's it's food that that gets them through the cold weather. And if you start pruning them and denuding them too early, they lose the ability to absorb a lot of those starches. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this this is all getting ready for winter. Also. It is the time of year that you're going to start seeing bulbs in the nurseries. And this is the time, well, I'd say October. Yes. November is the time where you're going to plant your bulbs for your daffodils, your tulips, your hyacinth. All those spring bulbs go in in the fall. Because they need a certain amount of, and a lot of people go, well, I don't understand that. Why am I planting in the fall for spring? Because a lot of these bulbs, when you put them in the ground, they need a certain amount of chilling time. Mm -hmm. they, need, uh, they need to be uh, in the soil and they need to be chilled in order for them to establish a good um, root system as well as stems and flowers. If they don't get the proper amount of chilling time, you're not going to get any, either of the above. Right. And another thing, um, if you're not using leaves to mulch, um, let's say if you have raised garden beds and you're just not going to do a, a, a winter crop, you know, like your brassicas, the cauliflower and Brussels sprouts and things like that, um, you can get cover crops. So um, instead of it looking like a dead zone over there and in the winter it will, but in the spring, um, I love to use crimson clover 
And in the spring, there's all these little tiny feathery torches of crimson color. And um, when you dig it back in, it adds more oxygen to the soil. So um, so that's another thing that you could do when once you clean out your beds. I think most people have started tearing out their zucchini and their tomatoes and, you know, that stuff. And so um, now's the time to again add the leaf mulch but under that you could put some um you could spread some seeds again they won't come up to the spring for your cover crop and it's a really good time to do some some uh secondary weeding you know weed out the old the the weeds that are in your yard um clean out some of the ground cover like that's one of the things that i started doing is my ground cover is growing amazing but so amazing that it's growing over some of the perennials and so what i basically did was cut back the perennial some of the perennials and cut back some of the ground cover because it's so vigorous it's not growing together and you don't it, i mean it literally covered over several of the perennials and so you I, want to cut that back i have the same problem i um I transferred some uh, a ground cover called Lysmachia. It's really beautiful, and I thought, oh, how beautiful it's going to. I have my raised beds are um, of these um, stone, like head-sized stones, so it's it's really um, country looking. And I thought, oh, how beautiful it'll weep over the front. Well, it did. It, not only did it weep over the front, it took over the whole bed. It choked out everything I planted there, and then went into the flagstone. So I am transferring all of that once it gets cool. In fact, I just started watering to get the ground soft, and I'll. I'll rake the ground um, and then add some good soil. And then I'm taking it all out of my raised beds and it's going into the ground. And this is the type of thing that you could start to do now and transplanting of certain things, but not heavy pruning, like Michael said. Right, right. I mean, it, it's it's a slow process. And the one thing that I found with myself, and I'll, and I'll also say it to our listeners or our clients, don't try to do it all at one day, in one day. You'll just, it, it's too much. Take, you know, spend an hour here, two hours here, go in early in the morning when it's cool, late in the afternoon when it's starting to cool down. Just do incremental little bit, little bit, little bit, and you'll get it done. If you try to do it all at once, you're not only going to exhaust yourself, but um, it, you're going to get burned out. And so that's what I've been doing. Um, I spent I had a couple of hours free in between um, appointments and I actually and the appointments were in Davis so I had a couple of hours it was cool enough and that's when I started to cut back the ground cover um, and uh, start taking one area I've got I, I did less than a third and I've got two-thirds left to do but at least it feels good because when I stand back I mean I had a bougainvillea that was so big thick and heavy that it literally broke all of the wires and fell and fell oh, on, really? on, onto the driveway oh yeah yeah that well we I think we've talked about um structures because things that look um, very timid like wisteria bougainvillea big and yes. They um, they get massive trunks and they get really heavy. So yeah, this is a good time because they're they're going to stop blooming as soon as it cools down, and it's a good time to um, you know trim the things that you have to duck under and um, you know clean it up a little bit. So and through experience, wear heavy duty gloves. In fact, one of the things that I'm looking for is I want tall gloves on my arms because it's not only my hands that that get marred, but um, I mean, when I was fighting with this bougainvillea, I literally, my, my gloves came, you know, past my wrists, but my arms looked like I had battled, you know, like oh. a dragon. I mean, yeah. they were just covered in blood from all of the, the thorns of the bougainvillea. And I was wearing a long sleeve shirt, but that did nothing because the thorns went right through the long sleeve shirt. You know, shirt. I have tall leather gloves there for roses. 
you know, for pruning roses. And Did that's, they work? Oh, absolutely. They're leather and they go up to your elbow. So, so if, if you if you can send me the link, I'd love to buy a pair. Okay, I, I bought it locally at um, our Ace Hardware, our Amy Hardware. So um, that's where I got mine. And, you know, they're more expensive than other gloves. However, they're leather and they and they work. But if you're going to prune roses and or climbing roses or bougainvillea, that's the thing to have. Because I used to, oh, my gosh, it sounded like I had Tourette's when I was uh, pruning. I would be swearing so much because I got you know, pricked by the thorns so often. Right. right. And people have to understand that if you're going to do the work, which is fun and it's very rewarding, but you have to wear. And again, I was wearing gloves, heavy duty gloves, and I was wearing a long sleeve shirt. And I might as well have been wearing nothing or a bathing suit because um, my arms um, looked like they went through the war. I mean, they're they're all scarred with, with um, you know, and, and they were bloody. I had to take a shower. I had to kind of wash it down um, and use astringent because of all of the, the thorns that, that kind of went through the shirt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, there's all kinds of tools out there and it's, it's, it's good to have those particular tools. You know, another good tool, I just thought about this. Um, if you're raking leaves, most people don't rake leaves anymore, but I think it's a kind of rhythmic, nice thing to do to rake leaves. Um, they make these, um, they look like small plastic head of trash cans, but they have handles on the outside. So yeah. when you leaves in a pile, you put your hands through these. And then when you scoop it up, you could get like a hundred times more than you could do it just with your hands in a rake. So those are wonderful too. They're cheap and they're plastic and they're round. Like I said, they look like the head of a plastic garbage can, but they have handles. So that it makes it really easy to scoop the leaves up and get them in to your chipper or you know if you're composting even if you're composting leaves you should chip them first or it can go in the green waste and on the bright side for people um a lot some of you don't like to exercise but you need to get out there and and move the muscles gardening pruning raking all of these things are very very good exercise things that that give the body exercise so you as you're working out there you're actually getting a workout yeah, you could wear your Fitbit or, you know, you could really track that. You know, just before we um, sign off, um, let's bring in a little color and joy. And let's talk about with this season coming up, if you've noticed all the chrysanthemums have come into the nurseries. Yes. This is the time to you could put them in pots, dress up your house, do beautiful ornamental part, uh, pots for your entry. I have... Um, I have some long, thin, um, not too thin, um, pieces of white birch of a client's tree that came down. So you could be, do a big planter and put some birch in there and put some evergreen in there and then put the mums in there. You could really dress things up. So that's the fun part of, um, you know, the work is fun too, kind of, but the color is really fun and making your house festive for the holidays is really nice. Oh, yeah, and the chrysanthemums from the yellow to the burnt orange to oh, the red. Oh my God, the, the, that's the one thing. I'm not the biggest fan of my chrysanthemums, but I will say I become a fan of them because of the colors. They are so vivid. They are beautiful. And, you know, they're inexpensive, but I usually, when they're done, I usually don't throw them out. If they're still alive, I'll just um, pop in them in the ground somewhere and then I forget about them. And then fall comes like, whoa, they're in bloom. So, yeah, um, they're in bloom. It, exactly. Yeah. It's, a, it's really a nice thing to do. So, um, Anyway, I think we've given you some things to think about. Again, what's really important is cleaning out your gutters, cleaning out your drains, being prepared so you don't have to look at a disaster and your trees as well. Right. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm Roberta Walker. I'm Michael Glassman, and we are Digging Deep.